we'd like to welcome you to part five of our fourth mega study regarding exposing the alien agenda. And um, I had to take a couple days break uh, um, from the last part because I always get backlogged when I try to do these mega studies. And so it's a couple days later. But I would rather do a better job and, and, and try to, you know, get all the parts done and um, have time to actually go in depth on a lot of these subjects. So now we're going to go ahead and switch gears here and we're going to get into some listener comments regarding, these are just comments I've gotten since the last mega study on this particular subject. And the first one is um, uh, regarding a violent Bigfoot encounter. And this is from uh, James a uh, long-time listener who, who uh, was in uh, deliverance ministry, prison ministry for a number of years. Uh, now it is, it's like the Lord's moved him into this, which is where I've always believed <laughs> regarding these cryptozoological creatures, which is where I was going to end up as well. And um, this is centering in on Virginia, and uh, which seems to be ground zero for this type of activity and I think I got into this probably in the last one to a certain extent regarding all of the the um well it's proximity to Washington DC okay the occult architecture which where we're going to be looking at this some today as well uh particularly the closer I think you get to Washington DC the obelisks the just all of the various occult architects, how, how they have whole towns that are that are um, almost dedicated to Freemasonry. I mean, then you've got the Alexandria, Washington, D.C., uh, or I'm sorry, George Washington, uh, whole uh, museum, basically, dedicated to George Washington and his Freemason, Freemasonic uh, time that, that he put in there, and it's a whole... A whole gigantic museum in Alexandria, Virginia, which Alexandria is patterned after Alexandria, Egypt, which is where a lot of these these occult things have come from, like the obelisks and a lot of the Egyptian stuff. The Freemasons have adopted into their into their cult, and so I've done a whole teaching on George Washington, <laughs> and it's you know, it's uh, very very eye opening for a lot of people. So just key in Washington if you want to listen to that before you would maybe fly off the <laughs> fly off the hook and want to defend George Washington, I would get the other side of the story too. And actually, I got a lot more information after I had done that study. Um, it's straight from the horse's mouth. This is, this is like his writings that I really do believe have been, you know, suppressed. But if you do a little bit of digging, it's, they're really not that hard to find. Anyway, um, James has increasingly been experiencing... These primarily Bigfoot encounters, but it's not just Bigfoot; it's other cryptozoological creatures, which is what these are, are uh, in the in the science of the, uh, I guess, alternative paranormal whatever researchers. They would refer, refer to these creatures as like the cryptozoological type of creatures. I truly believe these things are going to be coming out of the shadows, and they are increasingly coming out of the shadows, and we're seeing more and more evidence of this. You're going to hear 
quite a few testimonies regarding this from James. You're going to hear from uh, about three or four of my other listeners regarding these things. We're going to be looking at the alien agenda and the actual um, hybrid breeding program where they're reintroducing these things back into society and i do believe that's why we're seeing getting so many more reportings now of people that are um and my listeners even that are that are actually engaging or just having some type of conversation or seeing these things and all of a sudden they've got slits in their eyes one second and then the next second they're gone so you can't you can exclude contacts in that particular regard, there's no context that's going to morph back and forth. Okay, that has to be some type of physiological thing going on with these entities, and that's what we're going to be looking at more so now as as we go forward here. So, um, this was, I believe, okay, they they were going to go camping, and um, and this is I'm I'm going to be going on the next camping trip for this um, coming up here. This is day one, Friday the 11th, 2016. And check-in at the campsite was at about 4 p.m. on Friday. We set up camp in the back end of the campground off to the corner by ourselves. They're doing that on purpose because they're literally going there. The thing is, is you, you can't expect to go even to a campground or a place in the woods, even if that area is infested with these types of creatures or entities oh and another thing i wanted to bring up i really believe the reason these things are coming so much more out of the woodwork if you go to the right places is because the land is so defiled is because as wickedness increases these things are going to have more of a territorial right to do what they do um you have cern which is producing antimatter okay which is this dark matter which i've done we've done reports on that how you know for every gram of this stuff that it produces it it just literally attracts evil it attracts darkness it attracts violent uh, evil behavior if you're even in close proximity this is why cern is so important and these particle colliders are so important to satan because they're trying to bring and create this dark matter and bring it into our plane of existence which they know especially if you're not saved and even if you are saved you have to you have to really um uh pray that the holy spirit control you and from the one guy that had been talking about this that i played that clip before that he was exposed at at one time to um some of this dark matter he was in some type of proximity and he said unless i focus totally and wholly on the love of jesus christ i there's no way you could get through it even as a born-again christian it's that powerful this stuff it's antimatter it's dark matter it's um it's what cern is essentially one of the things at least they're creating and trying to bring into this plane of existence not only just opening portals into our plane of existence and all the other garbage they're trying to do but that's one of the main um main things and i had gotten this um well, I'm gonna. There, there's something I was gonna read about that, but I, I'm gonna wait till later. It'll be a little bit more appropriate when we're talking about the reptilians. But, um, all right, let's go further. That weekend it was cold and windy, so I got to the campsite first and set up camp around 3 p.m. Um, now again, 
This is not something you want to do unless, number one, you know you're called to it. Maybe you don't know you're called to it, though. I know I am. I have had this knowing in my mind for I don't even know how long. I think 20 years since I've been a Christian, I've kind of known that this is where I was going to probably end up. Um, but this is not something you want to just jump into unless you either know your call to it or unless you're put in a situation like James who really didn't really ask for this. He didn't... In the beginning, he wasn't like going out asking for this or, or wanting to engage these things or doing this type. That's the impression I got from him. But he was put in positions over and over again, and God's always protected him, where he's engaging these creatures, and now it's almost on a daily basis. Um, nothing's happened to him. But for, for one reason or another, he is it's like daily now it's they know where he lives and and he lives in the woods and and they're out there um doing stuff and you can hear him okay now i have seen report after report after report that so mimics the types of experiences he's going through okay and what he has seen these things that the bigfoot will do one of the things they'll do is called tree knocking where they will pound on trees with their fists um, I think that's what they're using at least. They also whistle. They have this real weird whistle. They'll, there are certain things that are very, very um, indicative of their behavior. Um, there's just too many shows on TV where a, lot, a, a ton of other people are having these exact same experiences. But typically with the other people, they're only having these experiences like once or twice and then they're getting out of Dodge. They're, they're not messing around they're not these are these are typically people that most of the time i think are not saved and they don't have any real way to fight these things and another thing that ends up happening is this massive fear that overcomes people when they engage these creatures it's the same things that, that happens with the black-eyed children i mean it, it doesn't matter if you're seven foot tall um at 400 pounds of pure muscle and, and you're the baddest dude on the planet you encounter um, a 90 pound black-eyed child you and apart from the lord jesus christ you are going to fold like a cheap set of patio furniture every time i've never heard i mean it is abject fear like you can't even believe, because it's not just the entity it's the demons that are emanating and operating through them that you're dealing with there that's why i'm saying Unless you're called to this, I don't advise going out and seeking out these types of experiences. Um, but I will say this, the only ones that are going to be able to do this are born-again Bible-believing Christians. I don't mean going out there taking a 50 cal either. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have no, no weapons on me when I go out there. I'm going to make it a point. I mean, I might have a, a, a knife for like the camping purposes, but I'm not going to have... You, number one, that's not going to, even if you're trusting in that knife or that gun or whatever, that is showing God a lack of faith for him to protect you. I believe that you have to choose 
when you're engaging these types of creatures. And now, granted, if you're up on a on a hillside and you have a shot at one of these things and you got a 50 cal, <laughs> listen, I'm not telling you what to do there. I'm talking about if you're going to literally go out and spiritually engage these things. I think you have to do it in such a way where the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning fleshly or earthly, but they're mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. You're dealing with entities here that are literal vessels uh, or containers for either fallen angels, devils, demons. Hard to be, you know, exacting on what we're dealing with here. And I know I've heard the things about, oh, there's, there's, there's the good Bigfoots and then there's the ones that are violent and then there's the good whatever. And, uh, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, at the end of the day, they can play good cop, bad cop all day long. I really don't care. I guarantee you the ones that James dealing with, they're all malevolent. They're all evil. And they're, they have very, very, very evil intent. They, I mean, if they could, they, they'd kill him. They'd kill me. They'd rip us apart, you know, in a heartbeat. Um, but, um, if, if, if you go out there and want to engage something like this, I would also say, don't do it by yourself unless you're called by God, unless you're just in a situation where, let's say your back's against the wall, you got no choice. You know, what, what if they're around your house? What if they're this or that? They're very territorial and I believe they're getting more and more right to the land because the land is is so defiled, okay, and primarily, probably just because of the all the abortions that have taken place, and not only that, all the babies that have been killed by contraception, that nobody, it's just hardly anybody. I've never heard a preacher mention it. I think a lot of times they're just not aware. Most of the time, they're not aware that the pill has an abortifactive component to it. It does. I mean. That's one of the ways the pill works. You get pregnant and it kills the baby because it creates an inhospitable environment in the uterus for implantation. The fertilized egg has to have a suitable environment to implant into the uterus. Okay, what makes that abortion any less than, than um, you know, an abortion you go to get at Planned Parenthood? In God's eyes, I mean. I understand how a human would think of it. Oh, well, it's, it's a fully formed baby or whatever after a certain point. And no, no, I wouldn't do that. But it is, or, or, the, or that RU84 pill, the morning after pill, that kills fertilized, you know. So these are different w- things that, that a lot of people don't know about. Okay, sorry. Um, so let's just go into this, this report. Uh, he got to the campsite first, set up camp around 3 p.m., he said, my friend Jason, that is a vet from Afghanistan, so he's a veteran from Afghanistan, okay? Meaning he's most likely seen some type of combat over there, I'm assuming. And Iraq, uh, the vet from Afghanistan, Iraq, showed up at the campsite around 4 p.m. Okay, now here's where it starts to get a little bit hairy. Um, it says, around 6.30 p.m., we started to hear whistling. Then after that, we saw some red eyes peer out from behind a tree, and we felt a very strong demonic fallen angelic presence um i believe jason's also coming with us when we go on the trip too so now this is good because now we have collaboration we we have another witness not only has james's wife seen some of the stuff but now we have another person outside his family that has also collaborated this um anyway 
we saw some red eyes peer out from behind a tree. We felt a very strong demonic fallen angelic presence. From that point on, from 6.30 p.m. on Friday until 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, it was like the gates of hell were opened. So this went from 6.30 to 8 a.m. Saturday morning. And you have to remember, the time of year, we're looking at, what, November 11th, okay? And this is right before they'll close these campgrounds down for the teeth of winter. You know, just for the safety, I think, of the campers as well. Especially if you're going to do primitive camping. Which is what, pr primitive camping, if you don't know what that is, that's when you dress up like a caveman and you have like animal skins and you carry a big club around and you, you look ug ug and, and you, you, you don't really communicate in English, you use caveman language. Just kidding, teasing, teasing about that. No, primitive camping is when you just go out there with like a tent and you have a fire and there's, you know, that's it. You know, you've, you've got your sleeping bag and your tent and there's nothing, there's no barrier either for these things to get at you from a, from that standpoint, other than, okay, God's protecting you, but you know, obviously a tent is no real, no real protection from anything like this that we're dealing with here. Um, the part of the campsite that they were in there, they try to get to this one part where these things tend to manifest. It's the most remote part. And it's also this, the part where they're doing primitive camping. Now, then there's the other type of camping where, like, you pull in an RV and you've got different types of options there. Some people bring fifth wheels. Some people just bring, like, a an RV. Some people will bring pop-up campers and those types of things. And those will, you'll have typically, like, hookups where you can have water and showers and things like that. Uh, but primitive camping is, is the most, I guess, hardcore type that you can do. Anyway, um, let's go further here. Um, so this time of year, November 11th, right before they're going to shut down, the days are starting to get a lot shorter, you know, and, um, there are already a lot shorter. So you're going to have a lot longer night period. Okay. So from 8 a, uh, 6 30 PM on Friday until 8 AM on Saturday morning, it was like the gates of hell were opened. Um, we stay outside near the fire until about 12 30 PM on Friday. Because it was just too windy and it was very, very cold. Um, so they couldn't, in other words, you just couldn't physically take it outside. The whole night after they were in their tents, they heard tree knocking, which is what a characteristic of what these Bigfoot devils do, pounding on the trees, large thumps, howling, growling, roaring, loud foot stomps, hoops, and whistling. We heard them moaning and walking on two feet in the leaves. We heard them talking, meaning they have their own language where they communicate with one another we heard all these things all night long we did we did not just hear these things coming from one location either we were surrounded by these things and we were in the middle of them essentially they were communicating with each other from every direction it was totally insane we also saw red eyes looking at us from every direction so they were literally surrounded the only thing protecting them is god now that just goes to show you though if these things were that big and bad and oh Oh, anybody would, whatever, be, you know, annihilated by them. Why don't, why can't they come in and just rip their heads off? There is some restraining force there. And it's, it's whether you want to call it God's holy angels, whether it's the Holy Spirit, whether, you know, it may be a combination thereof. But these things 
you know, we're not able to actually touch James um, uh, or his, uh, or Jason, the, his friend that was with him. All right, let's go further here. Um, all the years that I did deliverance and battle with different covens, because he battled with a lot of witch covens as well, all of that combined was nothing compared to this. And why, why, are these, why are these moron Bigfoot trying to do this? They're trying to instill fear. Okay? They're trying to put them in a state of fear. If the devil can get you in a state of fear, guess what? Your shield of faith starts shrinking. I believe that. Because if you have faith in God, okay, I'm not saying that doesn't mean you can have any experience with any fear, but if you are totally focusing on the fear that these things are trying to put you in, God's ability to protect you, I do believe, reduces. I'm not saying he couldn't protect you just despite of everything and still protect you and still deliver you out of that situation. Okay, I'm not saying that either. But the more you focus in on God and really the fear of God, because you want to fear God. You don't want to fear these things, okay? You want to have faith in God. You want to make sure you have on the full armor of God. You want to go, if you do it anything like this, you want to go sure in there, you're prayed up, you fasted beforehand. I, I would say I wouldn't even, that's not even a, I, I wouldn't even have to ask God about that one. Yes, you should fast before even thinking about doing something like this. And you shouldn't do it by yourself. And you should have a clear, I don't know, a, cl a clear mandate, a word, an inclination from God that this is, that this is what you are supposed to do. Because obviously this is really, you know, the stakes are pretty high here. Um, then he goes on to say, I fell asleep for an hour and a half and Jay was calling out to me. His tent was right next to mine, but he could not wake up. Uh, but I could not wake up. Okay, so he fell asleep for an hour and a half. Now this is another thing they'll try to do. Is that, This happens a lot with people where, and I'm not saying he was in sleep paralysis, but... In sleep paralysis, and I've, I've had it happen to me, and if you want to know more about that, just key in um, Supernatural, because I tell about my experience with sleep paralysis where they tried to kill me, okay? If they can get you in this, um, you know, sleep state where you can't really think or wake up or whatever, then obviously you're going to be more vulnerable. I'm not saying God can't protect you, but... They want you as obviously, obviously they would want a Christian as helpless as possible, ideally from a satanic standpoint. I fell asleep for an hour and a half and Jay was calling out to me. Uh, his tent was right next to mine, but I could not wake up. Can you imagine poor Jay or Jason? Um, and he would try to call me by my name and then he tried to scream my name, but I was still asleep. There was a Bigfoot outside the tent at this point growling. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Um, so the Bigfoot was actually outside the tent. He had, he, had, he had came into the perimeter of their camp, and he was outside the tent. He still couldn't get in the tent, though. Okay, God was still protecting him. But he said that once he saw that I fell asleep, he did spiritual warfare. He said this creature growled and roared the whole time I was asleep. Now, you know that's got to be some kind of demonically induced thing there. 
because this thing can make a lot of racket. You know what I mean? And in in the type of fear that would come over most people in this particular situation, you know, you're going to, you're going to wake up, you're going to be very aware, you're going to have so much adrenaline through you, and yet he can't even wake up at this point, okay? I meant to say something before, too. It doesn't matter what type of cryptozoological creature you're dealing with, whether it's a werewolf, whether it's a vampire, whether it's um, black-eyed children, whether it's men in black, whether it's the Mothman, whatever, Sasquatch, they're always trying to put people in a state of absolute abject fear, okay? And a lot of times, too, they want to try to make eye contact with you. That's a big important, because that's one of the ways they, they'll actually try to hypnotize people and also put further fear into you, okay? And that's what they really feed off. They will, if you get in that state, they know it, okay? And they will literally feed off that, like electricity to a light bulb. And they get, they actually get more, um, that's where they get their power. If you're standing there on the solid rock of Christ Jesus, and you have the full armor of God on, and you're not afraid of them, it's a whole different ball game. Whole different ball game. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but the, when I went up to the thing uh, with that colonel that I stayed at his house for five days, him and his wife, in the mountains here in North Carolina, this is before I moved up here, um, he said that, I don't know, it was third or fourth night I was there, I was sleeping, he was working out in the shop. And honestly, you know, I've never said this because... It sounds so crazy. It sounds so insane what I'm about ready to tell you. But now, the, the more I start seeing this stuff, and the more I'm realizing this is actually way more real than our normal everyday world, it's just like the spiritual world's more real. And we're going to increasingly see this. But he said that I was sleeping, and I had told him before I came up there, I said, I will come up there, and I will engage any of these creatures on whatever night or whatever time they want to engage i will come up there i will do that and um um i wanted to do that that is a big reason why i went up there and it was it was in a pretty remote part of north carolina we were up on the side of a mountain i guess kind of like a and um his his property was pretty isolated. I mean, the back of his his property. You if you walk, you you're walking into pure wilderness. You could see mountain ranges. Like I remember getting a glimpse out the back, and it was you couldn't see any towns. It was just mountain ranges from from as far as you could see. So, he said that one night the the one night that I was up there. Now remember, I really believe God brought me up there because I was able to, to um, uh, evidently God had me up there so I could talk to that one particular man who was going to commit suicide. And, and God just put us together at this post office that we were at when we were up there. I actually went by that post office because I wanted to try to find that town. I drove through there about two months ago and I found the post office. I didn't find where the colonel live but I, I found the post i don't have his address or anything i was just driving and i wanted just to see 
And I found that exact post office. We met this guy, and it was totally a chance meeting, but it wasn't a chance, it wasn't a chance meeting from God's standpoint. And um, that was the thing about he had he had went to um, Haiti, he got abducted, he has like two days of missing time, he brought back this stuff, one of them was this voodoo stick, and he says he was so afraid of it and he had to get rid of it, but he didn't want to get rid of it, he had it in the back of his truck. So we went to his truck and I got and I broke it over my leg and I brought it back and we burned it in the, in the colonel's um, little furnace there. And, but when he had shown up that night, he was in full military um, dress. And evidently, that's a characteristic pattern of somebody that's going to kill themselves, that's a veteran, will a lot of times do that. They'll dress up in full military garb, and then they'll kill themselves. And that's what he told the colonel afterward that he was going to do that night. So he was going to kill himself until he talked to me. Now, listen, I'm not taking credit for any of it. I'm not. I'm just saying that God put me in that position so I could encourage him and so that I could get rid of that stinking voodoo stick that was probably bringing a whole curse on him because it was a highly cursed object and show him the power of God was greater than anything that... And this is a guy that was in like black ops on Haiti. He wasn't just a normal... So I truly 100% have no doubt in my mind that I was meant to be there. Um, just for that alone. Well, anyway... The colonel said that he was welding and he always would, whenever he was going to his house or the buildings or whatever on his property, he would plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember this offhand and he said that um, a, uh, it was a group of three or four, one was a vampire oh, and there was two or three or four were, no not werewolves, reptilians. I mean, he described what they were wearing, um, everything. And they showed up at the door where he was welding at, and they said, um, is he here? I guess they knew I was coming. coming. And he said, yeah, he's in there sleeping, but I'm not going to get him up. They couldn't get in the house. It's just not like he can walk right in and do whatever they want. If that was the case, they would have killed us all a long time ago. You know, And that's why I'm doing these studies, to encourage people to understand these are the types of things that are really literally out there. Why do you think Hollywood has devoted so much effort and time and to scaring us with these creatures if there was no truth to any of it? They just want you to think that you would have no chance against any of them. You know? You're dead meat if you tried. No, that's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. And so he said at first they were very timid when they came to the front door because he wasn't engaging them directly and he had uh, they they said he says why don't you try to come in and he says you know why we can't come in the the blood of jesus or something or they didn't say jesus but i don't know if they said you know why we can't come in and he's like i know because i pled the blood of jesus and i don't know if he said that or whether it was just understood they could not get in there where he was welding but the problem is 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 he i think he made some eye contact and as soon as he did that Fear started coming over him. And he said, literally, the moment he did that, they started to get more powerful. And he could see drool coming off the fangs of this main vampire and these reptilians. And then, I'm not 100% sure how it ended, but I, I think that he probably sensed that, you know, this is not going in the right direction. I don't want to engage these things in this particular way. I don't want to see them have some big dialogue with them. I want to, you know plead the blood of Jesus Christ against him or whatever he ended up doing and they left. 
okay? That was just one of the things that happened when I was up there. Obviously, I didn't see it, but here's the deal. Here we have another listener and his friend who was a vet in Afghanistan, and this has happened to them. I got other listeners um, emailing me about them seeing people with reptilian slits and that are literally morphing back and forth in the same encounter. I'm like, is it all lies? Is, is, is this all just some kind of big fantasy? No, I think it's God giving us a glimpse into what we're going to be dealing with. He just doesn't want to drop it all on our head, though, all at once. It'd be too overwhelming. So anyway, um, I told the colonel the next day, I'm like, why didn't you get me up? <laughs> Call me or something. I, I think I have my phone with me in the, in the bedroom or whatever. <sighs> I guess it wasn't God's will. Anyway, um... So let's go further here. Uh, let's see where we left off here. Uh, okay, so he his friend was trying to call out, call out to him to James, but he wouldn't wake up. There was a Bigfoot outside my tent growling. He said that once he saw uh, that I fell asleep, he did spiritual warfare. Uh, he said the creature growled, roared the whole time I was asleep. He says it roared so loud that the whole park could have heard it. He also said that at times the creature cried like it was being attacked and then it would roar again. Well, yeah, it was probably the angels um, or the Holy Spirit or some, you know, like that that was actually um, keeping it at bay and hurting it, okay? And then he, then he goes on to say, that is all the sleep I got that night. So it was like an hour and a half. He says, Jay was up most of the night as well. Um, when we go, I've already told him flat out, I'm like, there is going to be somebody up all the time. And I'm a night owl anyway. So if they want to go to bed, I will take, I'll take that shit. I don't care how cold it is or whatever. I'll deal with it. Um, but somebody's got to be up. And I think in this type of situation, you want somebody up. Okay. At least one person, you know, um, goes on to say it seemed like there was a whole army of these things they would come at us from all directions we had to do intense spiritual warfare all night long and i guess they were in in their tents you know doing spiritual warfare there was no letting up at around 5 22 a.m of saturday morning okay i heard the creature walk towards my tent and start to start to speak to me in a gorilla like language he sounded like he was speaking backwards like when you play music backwards but with a gorilla accent. Um, during the night, we could hear them talk to other others in this gorilla-type language as well. They would also do gorilla-type grunting. Several times during this whole encounter, the manifestations were so strong, the enemy would try to put the spirit of fear, remember, it's a spirit of fear, on me and Jay to keep us from praying. Our hearts would race and beat so fast, it seemed like they would beat out of our chest. So in other words, it's not it's not a sin, you know, like to have the, the 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 fear come, but it's it's how you react to it. It's what are you doing in response, you know, and and you got it. You've got to respond in a spiritual, biblical way. And I tell you what, I mean, if this if this doesn't get you to rely on on Jesus Christ, nothing will. <laughs> I mean, you would be highly motivated in this situation. <laughs> um. 
we just prayed through it, though this whole encounter, through this whole encounter, these creatures would speak to our minds, asking for permission to come in our camp. Now, again, they use telepathy, okay? That is primarily, I mean, you, you, you see all the alien abductions. How do they communicate? Telepathically. They do not, it's not like they're talking with their mouths, okay? The Bigfoot, same way. Um, not to say a vampire couldn't do that, but these cryptozoological creatures, they will try to get in your mind telepathically in order for you to give them permission, just like you got to give permission. What, do a, what does a black-eyed child always want to do? They want to come in. They want to get in your car. Or they want to come in your house, but you have to give that, them that permission. And what they're trying to do is establish not only the spirit of fear, but mind control over you, so that you, you will go along with what they're saying, because you're so petrified and because you're literally under their control. You know, and you always see that with the vampire movies and stuff. As you know, they do the Vulcan mind melt on the on the victim, and you know, whatever they they do whatever they want them to do. There's a huge basis of fact around that. Okay, so, and also the eye contact. That's another big thing. So I would advise you to try to not make direct eye contact with them. And for me, I don't want to have dialogue with these things. I want to just get right to the point and, and let's, let's, um, let's engage them. You know, you start quoting Bible verses you know, it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, his angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, you know, may he, may he devour you in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I'm not going to, I am not going, I, I will show no mercy whatsoever to a, to a fallen angelic, demonic, cryptozoological creature. I will, show, from a spiritual standpoint, I will. I'm not saying I'm going to, I'm taking out a machete and hacking them up. I'm saying, I will show no mercy. None. Okay. And the Bible says, show mercy. Those that don't show mercy shall not obtain mercy. We're talking about other people. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about entities that want to see you in hell and are bound for the lake of fire and are pure evil. Okay. So, anyway, um... We prayed through it, through this whole encounter. These creatures would speak to our minds for asking for permission to come into the camp. They would taunt our minds, saying that we gave them permission. So they're trying to trick them now. Then, uh, all of this happened after we prayed and did spiritual warfare over the site when we first got there. So it's a battle, in other words. It's just not like a, a quick ending battle. It was a battle that went on all night. I mean, that's just, that involves, and, and again, this is why you want to go preferably with a group, but not on any equally yoked group either. <laughs> you want the group to be on the same page. All of this happened after we prayed and did spiritual warfare over the site when we first got there. For us to experience all of this was the Lord's will. He was still in control. We also heard a noise in our camp area where someone was beating against the metal ring of our fire pit. When Jay got out of his tent at 6 a.m. on Saturday, he saw that the creature took the leftover firewood out of the fire pit and threw it 20 feet away or so. So they're just trying to do anything they can do to harass. Because if they're not going to give them permission to come into their tents and stuff, they're just going to try to do anything they can do to put fear on you, to intimidate you, to, you know. Um, also, here's another thing with Bigfoot. A lot of times people will say, 
you know, the stench is horrible. I have learned reading these accounts, sometimes they don't smell at all. And sometimes they just smell like you'll, you'll smell them coming from a mile away. They are like a skunk. They have some type of, of gland that they can basically uh, have control over that can put out the worst stench you've ever smelled in your life. And I think it depends on the situation as to when they use it. I don't think they were using it in this particular case, probably because they were trying to sneak up on them. And they didn't want to, you know. Um, but there's a lot of other times. I mean, the, the, the ones in Florida, which is where I was from, the ones that are in like the Everglades and stuff, those are called uh, skunk apes. Because typically speaking, if they sense a human around and they don't want to be messed with, okay, they're going to put out this stench. And that stench is such a repellent. It is so ungodly awful that the smell alone will make you run away that's how bad it is okay so understand that about them as well it depends on what mode they're in if they're trying to sneak up on here's another thing that a lot of people don't know they can cloak they can literally appear and disappear okay this is why people rarely ever see them when they're outside People that have been abducted by these things, and it's typically New Agers, they'll come back with the same stuff every time. They're like, yeah. They will ask these things telepathically. Why, why, do, why do people rarely ever see you? And the Bigfoot will tell them it's because we know if they're humans in the area, okay, and we either get out of out of that situation or away from them before they ever come into our area or we are we basically become invisible okay remember we're dealing with like there's a huge demonic component here we're not just dealing with like an animal like a gorilla this is way more this is way more of, of an of an evil level thing entity we're dealing with here so the same rules that would apply to an animal do not apply to these things i'm not saying it can't be killed but it's a whole other different animal here no pun intended um when you're dealing with that so understand that as well they can cloak now you can also pray though what if you pray god i pray that they have no ability to cloak themselves no ability to hide themselves you could also pray god take away their power to um um put fear on us you know whatever powers that they possess you pray the exact opposite thing against them god that god would remove it that god would restrain it that you know uh, you know just just for further edification there on that subject okay so let's go further here uh, okay so now day two that was day one day two around 6 p.m on saturday night i did spiritual warfare now really the day two is okay we're going into the night again is really it's night two is really what we're dealing with there around 6 p.m on saturday night i did spiritual warfare over the campsite and i asked the lord to not only surround us with a wall of fire and warrior angels but also to have all the angels and a wall of fire to completely surround us 900 feet away on all sides i think god likes it when we pray specifically you know specific not these general nebulous prayers i mean specific prayers i just think show more faith okay so um he asked god to 
to uh, for them to completely surround us 900 feet away on all sides. As soon as I prayed this, I heard tree knocks and pounding on the trees. We heard whistling all around us all night, but for the most part, things were very quiet and peaceful. It was hard for us to go to sleep after what happened on Friday night. We were just expecting the same thing to happen again on Saturday night. That night, each of us slept about four hours. Okay, so the second night. Then around 5.20 a.m. on Sunday night, Jay heard a Bigfoot walk up to the tent. Um, so it, in other words, the prayers had worked, and then there was a point where the evil started to break back through. That's what I mean. This is a battle. Okay, it's not just like you pray one thing one time and it's all over and everything's buttercups and pixie sticks for there on out. It's a battle. Um, we have our weapons of warfare and they have theirs. Okay, so around 5.20 a.m. on Sunday morning, so now we're into Sunday morning, Jay heard a Bigfoot walk up to the tent. Then a few minutes later, I woke up and Jay said to me they are here as soon as he said that i heard a bigfoot from a distance roar yell in its strange language and beat on a tree that instantly another bigfoot took four steps and was right on top of us we both did intense spiritual warfare and then started to sing oh the blood of jesus <laughs> yeah praise the lord <laughs> yeah we continue to sing and praise god and they hate that i'm telling you they hate when you sing and praise and worship god well, if you do that in the midst of something like this, what is that showing God that you have faith? That you're getting your eyes off the fear that they're trying to put on you and you're getting them on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, then around 6 a.m. on Sunday, we got out of our tents and started a fire and talked about what we experienced. Um, we noticed that some of our food was eaten, so they had taken their liberty with the food a little and we left the campground around 1 p.m. on Sunday. So they didn't, they didn't go into a... I think two nights of this is plenty. That's what we're planning on. Two nights. Um, during the weekend experience, we could hear Bigfoot walking all around us. There were times when they were two feet away from our tents. Uh, at other times, we could not hear them approach the tents at all. It's because they're cloaking, most likely. They seem to just appear out of nowhere. Exactly. They could be very stealthy when they wanted to. So understand that. You would think, well, there's no way some thousand pound creature is going to be able to sneak up on me. <laughs> Don't bank on that. Because <laughs> they can. You know, and all this stuff that you're, that we're going over right now and, and you're tucking away in the back of your mind, there may be a time in the future where, you know, that comes in extremely useful. <laughs> you're going to be really, really, really glad you remember you remember back to this you know in fact this is a pdf this at least this part you may if you feel as though you know this is something you're called to i would print this out you know so you have it for future reference this experience changed uh, jay and myself and we came out of this experience different it increased our faith greatly now i'm telling you that's what happens when you go through something like this and you get out on the other side so, <laughs> if you, you know how the Bible says, if, if you lack faith, ask of God and he'll, he'll, you know, give it to you. But sometimes I do believe that God may just not give it to you. Just, okay, I'm just going to increase your faith. Sometimes there may be a price to pay. 
Sometimes there may be a process you have to go through in order to get gain more faith. And this is a great example of that, okay? Their faith was greatly increased, um, but boy, did they have to go through a lot to obtain that. Okay, so next time they go into battle, their shield of faith is going to be even larger because they've already been in battle once. They've already seen how it turned out. Um, now, from what I'm gathering, and we're going to look at this further, um, these creatures have been communicating with James ever since then and saying, you better not even think about ever going back and camping out there where you were at. If you do, it's going to be so insane. It's going to be so much worse than, the, than this time. You're, you're going to get annihilated. We're going to annihilate you. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we ain't going to get annihilated. <laughs> they don't understand what they're dealing with. And that's how you have to go into the battle with confidence because confidence is really faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, um, and you also ask for the fear of God, because if the fear of God is on you, then their fear is not going to work, or it's going to work to a much lesser extent. I just think there's a lot of things you can do to counteract whatever weapons they, they may possess, but they are adamant, 100% adamant on us not doing this. They, they are um, basically saying that we're going to just, the, the gates of hell are going to open when we go out there. I just want to get it on film. <laughs> That's what I want. Do you know how many people could get saved if that got in the right hands, that kind of footage? I mean, that's what it's all about. Not only increasing faith of the body of Christ so they understand that it's not like Hollywood portrays where we have no power over these things and just give up when the aliens make their big debut or when the, when the Sasquatch come out of the woods or when the werewolves are ever upon you. No, 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 no. You know what? It's the exact opposite. But we've just been given this garbage narrative that we're helpless and that Christians are the biggest hypocrites in the world and that they have no power. They're the ones that are going to be defeated and Satan wins. Well, if you were Satan, isn't that what you try to be doing to your opponent? Trying to psych them out? Get them to think that you got no chance against us? I know that's not the case. I've been through enough stuff already to know it's not the case. I've sought out these things. As of yet, I've, I haven't actually... I mean, you know, I tried to get that, that one, that Northport devil. He was, from what I heard, he was 20 feet tall. He was a white-winged reptilian, uh, royal, what they call a royal reptilian Draco. I saw the footprint of this th that this thing left. The guy took a cast in his yard, man. <laughs> it was like 12 inches deep. He was so big. He must have been 2,000, 3,000 pounds. He saw it when it, he walked out his back door. This thing was standing there. And he was so scared, he just slammed the door. But the next day when he went out there, it left an impression in the yard. And you could see the veins run. It was like a hoof thing. It was big. It was, man, it was like, it's sunken. You have to understand, he had sod in his yard. It was sod. It was grass. And I'm pretty sure it was Floritam grass. There's two types of grass primarily in Florida that, that at least where I was from, was Bahia or, or Floritam. And I'm pretty sure, from what I remember, it was floor tam grass. Even Bahia. 
but sod. I mean, normally you don't sink down when you step in the grass. You have to be really, really, really heavy to actually sink all the way through the sod and um, go down 12 inches to leave an impression that deep where, and you could see the hooves and the veins in the bottom of his foot because he got a plaster cast of it. He had no idea how to deal with it. He wasn't saved. He was really whacked out in his theology, this guy. But I went out into the woods that night with a camera when all the occultists had fled. And he said, you, you're going you're gonna. to, he told me I was going to run and I was going to do this and I was going to be a big chicken and like everyone else. And I went out into the woods searching for this thing by myself with a camera. I still got the footage, but nothing showed up. And so all I'm saying is it's not big, bad Scott or whatever. It's who's with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, it's, it's like, you know, in the Bible where, where, where the man is shown, you know, show them God, open his eyes. So he sees actually who's with us. And he sees all the angels and their chariots and stuff like that on the hill. That's what I'm banking on. I'm not relying on myself. I'm not relying on me to go out there in, in whatever, physically or whatever. No, not at all. Not even in the slightest. But through God, we shall do valiantly. For he it is that shall tread down our enemies. That's right. <laughs> when an enemy, when the enemy will rise up against me, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know what I mean? When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Call upon me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so a lot of these warfare verses are, are really um, are really good to commit to memory, you know, especially when you're in the middle of battle. Okay, so um, so then he goes on to say, I can really cannot, oh, he says, we came out of this experience different and increased our faith greatly. I can see now how hunters are disappearing in the woods all across America. Um, I really cannot articulate with words what we experienced and how we felt during this weekend experience. I am trying to wrap my mind around it all at once now. I just know for some reason the Lord is wanting me to experience all of this. I know that my Bigfoot experiences are getting more and more intense. Okay, now remember, this was back in November. I'm going to read you some other testimonies from him now. Okay, I just checked. I'm, I'm not over on time, but I'm going to go ahead and end here and, um, so that way we can keep the, the studies more about an hour apiece. So we will end part five here and we'll go to part six next.